This episode of Friends of Flow is brought to you by NCLEX Mastery. If you're a nursing student and you're about to take your NCLEX, you need to go to the App Store right now and download NCLEX Mastery. All right, so welcome back to another episode of Friends of Flow. My name is Tess Judge Ellis, and I'm surrounded by my colleagues and friends, and we have a guest today, a special guest. Our special guest, oh, I'm Rebecca Porter. And um, our special guest today is B.J. Hannon. Hi, B.J. Hi. I'm Andrew Witters, by the way, and uh, good to see you here. And if you haven't listened to Friends of Flow, we are a podcast who, and we've, we are designed to empower nurses to be leaders and um, encourage them to be leaders in healthcare, as we move towards true healthcare reform, where need, nurses are going to be the leaders and are, and so having a voice is important. And we've been friends for Tess and I have been friends for a twenty long plus time. years yeah. since we were baby nurse practitioners in the last um, century. And then, of course, <laughs> Andrew and I have known each other for quite a while. So, and BJ and I have known each other for five or six years. So, what's the topic today, guys? I think we're going to talk about um, intergenerational issues at work, and BJ is our expert in this. So we were able to reach out to um, folks and ask questions about what they wanted to listen to, and we found a lot of chatter online, didn't we, And yes, about right. um, kind of nurses being mean or, you know, maybe the issues related to intergenerational and uh, issues in nursing, you know, so you're a baby boomer. Um, let's say you were born after, uh, before 1965, and um, now all these millennials who were born in, let's see, 1995 are entering the workforce. 1980. <laughs> 1980 yeah. is in particular. Okay, yeah, they were born in 80. And so, mm-hmm. BJ, you've done a lot of work on that. So well, start... we're in Generation X. I'm getting all confused. So, BJ, you know, define all the I generations. I can do that for you. First of all, I just wanted to share why I am interested in this subject. Yeah, start Please. there. It was fairly accidental, actually. And about, I'd say, 12, 13 years ago, with our chief nursing officer, we were looking at the demographics in our Department of Nursing. And like a lot of institutions, we noticed that we had a large number of nurses who were in their early 50s. And we were very concerned that if these older expert nurses suddenly decided to take early retirement and walk out of this hospital, we would have some issues with a lack of expertise and leadership. So my job was to put together, my job was to put together some focus groups with older nurses, 50 and older, bring them in to these groups and basically ask them, what can we do as an institution to keep you working longer? And, and, and what year was this? I mean, just, just for context. That was about I'm 12 kinda... years ago. I believe okay. it was about 2003 or four. Okay. That we were doing this. And we were not unusual. There was just a large cohort of nurses. And back then, you know, people took early retirement. Right. 57. We don't see that very much anymore. But anyway, I was fairly inexperienced with doing focus groups, and I brought these older nurses in and asked them what we could do for them to keep them working longer. And it took these nurses, who I had for about 60 minutes, let me tell you, 
it took them about five minutes to tell me we do not want those high bar stools. It's hard on our knees. We need more bathroom breaks in the OR because a lot of us are on hydrochlorothiazide. Wow. You know, we want larger fonts on the computer. All these things. We <laughs> don't want stuff. carpet. Yeah. Nursing, we do right? not want carpet because it's really hard to push carts across carpet. Well, anyway, and I said, great, anything else? Now, understand, I had them for 55 minutes. They, these nurses were in their 50s, and they began to unload on a lot of new nurses, saying, I'll tell you what's going to make me leave. Not the font and the computer, but all of these new young nurses. And what part, about, what yeah. part of it? So, yeah, so what a lot of it had to do with concerns about the art of nursing. Meaning these Mm -hmm. were older nurses who felt that a lot of these young nurses um, were only sort of technically oriented. They really did not understand much about comfort and how you really physically care for patients. That was one issue. The hands-on. Exactly. Like you and I learned to do bed baths. No kidding. Exactly. Yeah, they do. Nursing 101. But it's, it's not stressed. It was, I remember a, one quote from a nurse, an old, one of our older nurses, who said, if I have two days off, I know when I come back, one of my patients that I had two days ago, nobody would have ever shaved them or right. cleaned their dentures. Right, right, right. Or even like you know? organize their bedside table. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, Andrew, you're, th- you're younger. I, I uh-huh. mean, quite a bit younger than we are. Did you learn how to make a be- uh, occupied bed? And oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was part of the, the didactics. Like skills 101, right? right? Yeah, that, that, was, that was part of the, the didactics in, in the nursing program. But I, but I, I, Did you have I a lab? Say, like, we had nursing labs. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. We, we, had, we had a lab. Where you how to do all that. Do and then we still went into patients. But it's so high tech now. Well, we I was just going to say, I, I so, think I, that, I, I do think that once I got into, uh, as a professional, once, once I got licensed, I think as a new person, uh, there is this pressure that you feel to just update yourself um, with all of the, the, the technology that surrounds the care of a patient. The, the, there, there's sort of a, a, a hyper-focus on, on that, perhaps, uh, versus doing some of the more uh, remedial bedside routine stuff, which is obviously still important. Right, but the word that, that, remedial, not, I think, is... Well, and it's not remedial, right, you're right. It's, but, but, and I'm not mm-hmm. defending like any new nurses right. for, for a lack of shaving a patient or doing denture care or anything. But, but what, I, what I'm saying is I think that uh, there is a pressure that young people might feel uh, coming in who are brand new nurses coming into the the profession that there's sort of an undue balance between doing doing what what a patient needs which is the hands on care and don't get me wrong I think that patients do need hands on care but there is this uh, this uh, pressure from- I hear you defending the nurses and I don't mind that at all. But it's honoring the intimate space. Oh, that oh is absolutely! In nursing. Do you know the relationship that goes into, like, the basic needs? And it's that I, I think it has to do with the expertise of the fifty. If I can, you, think? you can comment you go, here. The, yeah, please, please think, comment. And I'm not defending. I mean, by I the think way, that the, we know the, that there is a very big body of evidence out there right now in the literature about something called missed nursing care. 
Mist, Mist nursing, Mist nursing care. Mist nursing care. Oh, yeah. And um, one of the researchers who does who has researched this subject indicates that in modern nursing today, we have some cares that are disappearing and missed. Number one about in that is the bath. Number sure. two is ambulation. Number <laughs> three is nutrition. Number four is like oral care. Number five is night care. Remember when oh, we in used the olden to days put we walk, oh my gosh. you put people to bed. We went at around night. and put mm-hmm. we had a cart right. that we walked around with at night and 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 we would exactly. back rubs and I don't foot think care. they teach back rubs anymore. It's not just no. back rub, it's make sure that they have their sleeping pill, that their room is, you soften the lighting, you turn, it's something that we used to call night cares. But the point of this is, is that this is something older nurses did because there was no one else to do this. There is, among a lot of our new younger nurses, an idea that this is not their job. What do this they think is their the job, job is? because they are assessing and managing the patient care. There is, the research is telling us that a lot of new young millennial nurses see these issues as the job of the nursing assistant. You know, we don't I ambulate yeah. patients because that's the job of physical therapy. Yeah. Well, but and, but we, and, and it's very laborious, though, too, to to to. Okay, to so pick I, 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 yeah, what, what you're talking about is the actions are laborious, but it's the it's the it's that space of getting in with a patient. And I can tell you from the times of the hundreds of bed baths that I gave patients over the years, the intimacy of that care of that time, the things I learned. The assessment. The assessment. Not only it's the assessment, but it's also oh, the skin assessment of knowing, but also the time of having hands on your wet hands on somebody's body. And you're washing them, and the intimacy of that, and the things sure. that patients will tell you. Right, with in the that quiet too. I was talking to my mom about this, and she said, "Remember the days when? Oh yeah, your you mom didn't was... have. Yeah, I mean, I was almost invited her to come here because she was just in town. But you know, and she taught nursing. She said, "Remember the days you didn't have a stethoscope, you didn't <laughs> have like the ability to take a blood pressure because she's you know of an age. She's in her seventies, and she said you walked in and you looked at the patient." To see how yeah, they were doing. Indeed. And that was it. You didn't go by the monitor. You didn't go by the blood exactly. pressure and the temperature. You say, how is the person doing? And some of that is learning their patterns on an intimate right. basis by walking with them, by um, looking at them. I mean, and, and anyway. But well, I, ahead, BJ, cause I will guest, say, so. I will say that there was, you might might believe this too, Rebecca, there was a certain sense of pride as a nurse that my patient was sparkling clean and up in a chair and, oh, you know, their man. family the was coming. was organized. Right, I but mean, you knew their family was coming in at 10. You know, in those days in the ICU, Andrew, people, you know, we opened the ICU every two hours for 10 minutes for family. Really? And we would, you know, really, you know, Spiff buff and puff these yeah. patients, you know. So <laughs> their family, <laughs> buff and puff these patients. But I think from a millennial standpoint, um, 
these are things that a lot of our young nurses feel are not are below in, them. It's I don't even know if it's below them. I think they prioritize. A, I think it's a priority in, in the and the bath and things like that keep getting pushed down the list. Sure. One thing that concerns me um, because I do quality work and concerned about falls is. You know, it used to be if a physician ordered Ambulate TID, you ambulated that patient three, three TID. If you got busy and it was time to go home, you still ambulated that patient. That was an order. Today, there's a lot of younger nurses who may not see the value in ambulating. And if physical therapy is not there to ambulate their patient, it gets missed. That is so... It, it gets is, missed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not understanding that's the number one cause of deconditioning and, right. and pneumonia. Exactly. And pneumonia. Yep. And pneumonia. Yep. And it may not seem like this big, huge treatment. It's just walking your patient in the same way turning, you know, turning your patient. Huge, positioning is huge. Positioning. We don't do range of motion anymore. Really? Do you remember? So what what you're speaking about is some, some, uh, degree of of the hierarchy of needs of a patient that are, are arguably being, uh, missed. And and, and so, uh, so I I just want to expand on that, that thought, because I, I think that you're right. I think there is a, a culture of, uh, of missed cares and, and missed, priorities uh I, I see it outside of the hospital setting even in, in nursing homes where you have uh a, a a geriatric population uh that is susceptible to uh bone demineralization muscle weakness uh pneumonia because of what you had just mentioned um ambulation range of motion socialization yes yeah, socialization so and I will and when add those to things that, are Andrew, yes please malnutrition yeah yes yeah, so there's yeah, a mal- lot of absolutely. younger nurses that if there's not a nursing assistant or a family member around to feed this patient you know in in our world where you do all of this a la carte food you may um, these patients don't get fed so in ireland oh sorry andrew go ahead finish well, well, your so, talk. so 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 the uh, so the, the, so this is a, this is a pretty so we're, we're 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 chewing on a big global subject here on, on terms of like the of what is being witnessed in nursing. So so as someone who has been in the in the profession uh, as you previously mentioned for decades, uh, what what is a solution um, that that you might give to uh, to some new nurses, especially the new nurses that are coming in who might be uh, a little timid, they might be shy. Um, and, and perhaps, uh, they might be concentrating too much on, on monitoring, you know, like on, on terms of like actual looking at the monitors, looking at, uh, you know, just the numbers, lab work, what, what would you tell, what would you advise to a, um, to a new nurse and that to also help mitigate, uh, that behavior while also catering to the needs of that tension, of the, the tension. That's yeah. There. Cause I, th- I think there is an obvious tension. Oh, I, I know there is a tension out there, and I think one of the things that we have done in nursing is this compartmentalized care, and there are, on our units, our, uh, at our hospital, our big med surge units, clearly bathing patients is the job of a nursing assistant. It is in their job description, so if you do not have enough nursing assistants, the bath does not get done. So I have to tell you that 
the number of times I've been on units walking through, um, I frequently see RNs sitting at the desk, and uh, and the nursing assistants are scurrying around like headless chickens, and looking haggard and tired and worn. And it's not that these RNs are um, busy doing data collection and checking data on a computer and looking at things. They're sitting there doing their nails. They're sitting there gossiping. They're on their cell phones looking at pictures of one another on Facebook and Instagram. And I I just kind of see it because I see this attitude that that's not my job. I don't do that. I have a little different viewpoint on that. And that is... Please share. Having been a nurse for a long time and seeing computerized charting enter our world and computerized documentation, it was going to save the nurse time. It was going to save the nurse a lot of time so that they could spend more time at the bedside. I will say that one of the biggest complaints from a lot of our nurses is the absolute time it takes to do computerized charting. Oh, it's for everybody. It takes a long time. You know, when I was first a nurse, everything was on paper. We used to carry around little clipboards, right? And then you'd sit down and you would narrative chart and from your notes all day. But these nurses are documenting constantly in multiple sources. Um, We know, as someone who works with AIR, and quality issues, we know that a huge amount of our errors come from failure to document or incorrect documentation. Um, here's, here's a really unique example, is that we had a patient who came into our emergency room and had what looked like a pick line in their anacube, in their right brachial anacube. It had little pigtails on it, looked like a Pick line smelled like a pick line. It was not a pick line. It was a midline. And somewhere along the way, the ER nurse knew that, but she failed to document it in the record. So everybody lives off the documentation of the record. This patient was transferred multiple units. And everybody. With no confirmation. No, no, and it was just, you read in the record, it says it's a pick, and then the patient was ordered to be given vancomycin through a central line. It was given through a midline because it was a failure to document correctly. People are so overburdened with documenting that we do a lot of this copy and paste forward. Yeah. If someone makes an error, in copy and paste forward, it just gets continued and continued. So one of the problems is, is that because of the burden of documentation, it is easier these days to copy and paste an assessment from someone else rather (laughs) than do your own. Yeah, we do. And, and what happens is that in the original assessment, there's an error. You're just saying this, and then reassessment's not done. Exactly. So in in my language, in my storytelling way of doing things, I call that 
chart lore l-o-r-e ah, yes. chart stories lore. yes chart lore chart lore we're gonna hold off on that and re-pick this up the chart lore here at inclex mastery we love nurses and especially nursing students but we need your feedback about this podcast if you have ideas on topics or you have questions you want us to answer shoot us a message leave a comment go to our facebook page and just tell us what you think because we want to help you in the most specific way that you need that help Thank you so much. So now we're back again with, and I'm Tess Judge Ellis. And I'm Rebecca Porter. And I'm Andrew Witters. And you're joining us for Friends of Flow on with our, our podcast. With and our we do guest. have a guest. With our wonderful guest. So I wanted to go back to the, the original thought was I brought in all these older nurses. And this was their complaint was this lack of art of nursing. So I listened and there were lots of other um, concerns. One of them had to do with younger nurses and scheduling, work-life balance, kind of this, what do you mean I have to work these hours? What do you mean? Oh, I don't think I want to do this. And then there is uh, these older nurses also. I'm pulling off the themes here. So it bothered them that they appeared not to be willing to do, you know, schedules that that they used to have to do. And I do know from generation to generation, there is this passing on of suffering in nursing, right? (laughs) I work 10 years of straight nights. You have to work 10. So there was that complaint. And another complaint was something was this um, desire to not be a bedside nurse. Well, I really don't need to learn that because I'm not going to be, be, I'm going to be a nurse practitioner. I'm going to be a nurse anesthetist. So I really don't need to learn this. So these were kind of the big three themes from older nurses, you know, lack of flexibility and scheduling complaints, work-life balance, my, my home life is way more important than, you know, the schedule I'm working, which of course to baby boomers was, was not, not, it was unheard of. And the other was this, I really don't want to be at the bedside very long. So I'm not going to really invest a lot of time. So when I did a theme analysis of this and got leadership together, we immediately understood that we needed to talk to younger nurses. So I put together five focus groups of nurses between the ages of 22 and 25 to ask them, you know, how they perceive the workplace. What I got from a lot of the younger nurses was we feel bullied, harassment. They won't, they, meaning the old, they're not nice. They won't help me. They don't understand that I need, that I'm not ready to come off of orientation, that I need a few more weeks or months. They give me jobs that I'm clearly not ready to take on. All of this, and from my standpoint, having conducted these focus groups, I looked at all this, talked to our chief nursing officer and said, there is something going on here, definitely. Not that I thought that we all come to work every day holding hands, singing kumbaya <laughs> together, right? Yeah. However, I think I was unprepared, and our chief nursing officer was unprepared for the level of this little bubbling turmoil under the surface that was clearly generationally based. That was the source of it. It was a very different viewpoint about nursing coming from a very different 
perspective. And I struggled and struggled with the profession of nursing, trying to find webinars, information, conferences on intergenerational conflict, specifically in nursing. Now, I will tell you, I have learned oodles and oodles of information from the business world. And in fact, most of the conferences and webinars that I have listened to come out of business and industry, not nursing. So what have you got out of all this then? And how do you think we ought to move forward? Yeah. How do we mitigate all this? How do we mitigate all this tension? Well, one thing that people, in my opinion, have to do is understand that we are all the products of the times in which we grow up and the places and that come we're from to maturity. Different times, different influences, all kinds of things make us very different. So talk about the influences from like the older generation. You can finish your thought. Well, really my thought really is that it, this blame has got to be removed. Yeah. Sure. It is, you know, baby boomers tend to blame millennials and say they have no work ethic. Mm-hmm. That is not true. You know, when I look at our young millennials, they are bright. They are well-educated. Yeah, great, they they mm-hmm. are energetic, um, energetic, visionary. They are massively IT mm-hmm. able. They are great workers. And I see them as caring people, too. They are. However, in looking at the literature and the research out there and the work that I have been involved in, there's a little bit of a caveat here with millennials that there is a little bit of need that this needs to work for me. As long as this is a job that works for me, that, you know, it's going to bring me what I need, you know, they're very willing to work. But models from business and industry tell us that this is a generation that needs a lot of reward and recognition. They need they to got be... All trophies. They, they are the trophy trophies. generation. <laughs> Everyone got a trophy, you know, right? You know, it That's is interesting when you look at millennials. They are the children of the hardest working generation in history. The baby boomers, workaholic, workaholic, work, work, work. Everything for work. And right. they well, did and I can not... Do I can raise a family. Exactly. I can be this way. And, the best and, nurse ever. Right, right. But they did not raise their millennial children with the same values. And it's problematic because baby boomers who get very upset at some of the behavior of millennials, which is pretty much, well, I don't think I want to do that. Well, I'll just quit and try something else. No, nah, sure, I just, go to grad mm, school. yeah, I'll go to grad school. Oh, I'll just do a different, I'll prefer- go to, I'll oh, go to a know, different place to work. This, a lot of this quit behavior, you know, baby boomers never quit. Why didn't we quit, you guys? Why are we at the same place for decades? Because the whole baby boomer system of seniority, ah, yeah. if you quit, you lost your place in line. And besides the fact, I think a lot of baby boomers were brought up in an environment where there was a stigma about quitting. Oh, yeah. But we have a lot of millennials who, <laughs> they, a lot of their behavior, I am sorry to say, is from their baby boomer parents. So what do we do? Raised. So how do we, how do we, what advice do we give well, to the millennials who are listening so, to us and the boomers that are so listening? So for boomers, my message is at some point, baby boomers, you need to stop. Helicopter, helicopter, hover, hover, fixing, you know, making things all work, you know, for your, um, for young millennials, this is a habit of baby boomers 
is that we tended to get in there for our children. And there is nothing wrong with parents who want a better life for their children. I am going to do everything for my child. I'm going to make sure they have all the advantages and resources and positive reinforcement. Everything I can do. So the boomers really have to stop interfering. How does that work? On, in the workplace, in the so. workplace, and especially yeah. and especially in a culture where it is to be patient centered, and, and at times it might be even rescuing a patient uh, in, in clinical situations. So, so that, that that's a that's a well, and even just getting along. So there's not so much of that, you know, because you can't rescue a patient if your team is not effective. Exactly. Yeah. And sure. If you've got Absolutely. These, this kind of tension and harassment and bullying yes, yes, and exactly. prove yeah. yourself and show right, me you right, can be. Right. Um, Our suggestion at our hospital, we had no idea that there on some of our units, you guys, there was a culture of bullying and harassment, proving yourself. When we created our grad nurse residency program was our first chance to really talk to these new young nurses and say, how's it going on the floor? I think we had an idea when we started seeing lots of contract transfers. Why do all these new young nurses want off this floor? We went in there and did a lot of work. And looked so at the culture. Leadership. It was nursing leadership. And we really, I will say that we offered early retirement to some of the older nurses who were doing this nurses eat your young yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That has to be rooted out. Mm-hmm. And f- number one. Named it. Named right. Named. It and you need to stay on top of, you know, the days of, of ignoring stuff on the floor. We realized that conflict among nurses impacts patients well, it's it directly, it's yeah. directly yeah. Absolutely. and we did a lot of work me personally with lots and lots of group dynamics on so, the unit you, it sounds like you also had your cno on board too. absolutely yeah and then absolutely. And nurse managers had to call it what it was absolutely and, and recognize how it was impacting and outcomes. i will tell nurse, you yeah. we needed the cno because absolutely some of our very old baby boomer nurse managers had to go they had to go. Yeah. And it, they had to go. And it is difficult for baby boomers who grew up in this seniority tenured system to tell this nurse who's been working 34 years and is the manager that we can't let you do this anymore. So from a millennial standpoint, yes, what did this, you is, this is yes. difficult. First of all, I, I just want to touch again on this blame idea. You know, that boomers blame millennials for what they consider a poor work ethic, you know, which is, it's not a poor work ethic. But if you Google poor work ethic in millennials, you will get article and article that they don't want to work. You know, they Mm -hmm. see this um, complaint about scheduling or this, there is a phenomenon in nursing, (laughs) which I'm sure Rebecca and Tess don't ever remember. People worked full time. Maybe you knew somebody who worked half-time, but this 0. 0.6, 0.7, 0.8, 0.95, 0.4, point, and they change all the time. You know, I'm going to work yeah. for a while. and I can't imagine being point, a manager nowadays. Point 0.9, and, like, and you, know, you know, two months later, I'm going to go back to school, and I need to go 0. 0.7. Yeah. I, well, anyway, this um, millennials, I think, need to understand that this is a team, This is not just you out there. And when I work with young millennials in the grad nurse residency program, they tend to want to say, this doesn't work for me. And you need to really redirect some millennials back to 
This is for the for the patients here. It's called this continuity is, of care. This is this is if you are going to do this job, we are asking you to focus on this job. Yeah. I get that you're on the five year plan to get your DNP, right, you know, but right, right, right. right now you need to really focus. Socialize them. Socialize back to the team. The One of the system. things that we see in new young nurses is they are afraid to admit that they may not know something. We are trying to create a culture, which you need to do, that it's okay to say, I don't know how to do Good this. Evans, right and left. You know, you yeah. do. But, you know, coming from a culture where nurses continually had to prove themselves, prove themselves, prove themselves, nurses right. eat your lungs, right, figure right, out right. how to do it. We need to make sure that baby boomers understand well, we were all new once. Exactly. And the complexity of nursing care today yeah, is, of course, different than it was for totally me in 1973. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In 1973, I had to learn five antibiotics. Right. There's a gazillion. You know, it, right. we have to understand that they are not us, that we cannot. There was kind of this thing with baby boomers. How do you get a good nurse? How do you get a good nurse? Put them on the night shift with 30 patients and one nursing oh, yeah. assistant. Oh, by golly, right. they'll right. learn that's, to be a nurse. That's what I did. Nurses eat 30. <laughs> we cannot do that. So, it's a, so I'm just going to circle back <laughs> yeah. and just say that, you know, it sounds like it's a, um, you guys have recognized the issue through the focus groups and listening. Right. Right. right? And then you've um, created some, you've, you've had to acknowledge it from a manager's standpoint call it what it is, get weed out the bullying right. people and the leaders that were bullying. Right. You needed support from your CNO. And then you've um, addressed the culture and the team environment and changed the young millennials kind of perspectives. Right. And, yeah. and I would add to that, we, it, it's not all about the millennials. We do understand totally that one thing that creates another bit of conflict on the floor are the older nurses who you guys kind of did the baby boomer mantra, which was stay the course, pay your dues. Eventually you will be rewarded. What's happened is that there are a lot of nurse managers out there who are fearful that these young millennials are going to quit. Yeah. So they, so they give, they tend to overcompensate and give them, you know, the hours they want. And who loses out here, Rebecca? Yeah. Who loses out? The boomers, the boomers, the, yep. you know, who are saying, wait a minute, I've, and, I've been doing my time here, right? And there needs to be a balance and nurse managers or whoever's doing the scheduling needs to understand that millennials can't have it all, that we really need to support our older baby boomer nurses who are feeling a bit left out in this fear that we're going to lose the millennials. Sure. Because so. it's, and it's also like a, um, like what I've noticed, cause yeah, I'm more of a Gen X person. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, um, what I've noticed is that everybody gets an opportunity to shine. And if you're going to ignore the Gen Xers and the, exactly. and, the uh, and the younger baby boomers who are still in the workforce, then you have to, recognize merit the merits you know of of everybody and the strengths of everybody and find a way for everyone to shine on the team and this and then like of course the millennials are very important and also so is the other folks on the team and getting that it really takes your strongest nurse managers to it does 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 to create that atmosphere of inclusion and respect 
and taking the time to acknowledge, uh, like you said, Tess, of um, everybody has something to offer. Everybody well, gets a trophy, and you know, everybody—that's a you, good point. You know, yeah, you can, like sometimes it's a self-determined trophy. How do? What do you want your trophy to be right now? Do you want your trophy to be the fact that I can count on you every time? And so, you know what I'm saying? Like that work ethic, I can count on you. And so how are we going to reward that either monetarily or with scheduling? Or is it going to be that like I'm on this committee thing? And or is it recognizing that, you know what, I noticed that you always have done this with a patient, you know, that kind of um, that's a great like that's almost like doing I, rounds. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And being on right. touch with patient care. So right. I, I think you're, you're bringing up some really uh, reasonable social expectations for, for, from both the, the millennial and uh, the, the, the baby boomer uh, 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 generations. And I, I'm, I'm using those labels just uh, generally. But on a positive note, um, in your experience, BJ, can, could you uh, tell us what a, um, a more experienced older nurse might learn from a younger nurse and vice versa, what a younger nurse can learn from an, from an older or nurse. Or things just, you've observed, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. so... Just on, on a positive note, though. In a positive note, I just will tell you from my own experience is that I, most baby boomers like me, are self-taught for IT, for instance. Sure. Okay, and I, as a quality you know, person, I managed some pretty big databases, access, things like that. I had to learn. I absolutely just crave help from some of our younger, um, younger quality people. On the other hand, I, and they help me, and I am not embarrassed to ask or anything like that. Well, none of um, us should be as, as and nurses. And I think the value of learning from them, we have, this is very, very interesting. We have these bright young millennial nurses who are all about creating apps. You know, all of our nurses, <laughs> yeah. all of our nurses carry um, neutered iPhones, the Volt phones. They are neutered iPhones, but they have the ability to put, well, you can't get on the net on them, but they have the ability to be loaded with apps. And we have such tremendous ideas from our young millennial nurses on doing an app. Then we have older nurses who are anti-app, but then they see the value and are like, Oh, then all of a that. Sudden, yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden, our older nurses are like, way, this is really ca- you know, cool. So you can observe that. Oh, I see that a lot. And we celebrate those things And we celebrate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we do is we do a lot of recognition. We encourage poster presentations. Here's my app. Here's what I thought yeah, to do. Yeah. We have a lot of, um, we have a nursing quality forum, which is once a month. And every single unit in our hospital has to present a quality project twice a year. And we are encouraging our young millennial nurses to get involved and do these projects. And when it seems to me when we have a bright new young nurse doing a project, they're phenomenal. I mean, yeah, how do we count those sponges it, right? in the OR? You know, I've got an eye, I've got a way to figure this out, how we can do this. We, and a lot of it involves technology. So that is what baby boomers need to help. Baby boomer nurses who struggle with epic documentation, you know, just ask one of the new, you know, young nurses. How to do it one of yeah. the native Exactly. Users. However, on the other hand, you know, especially when I work with the new young grad residents, 
you need to really help them understand the wealth of expertise of the older nurses. Absolutely. Yeah. The older nurses, yeah. you know, and and creating now that we have weeded out a lot of older nurses who kind of weren't into that. I'm going to help you. The stories, we do stories all the time. We do in our grand rounds, we do nursing stories and the kinds of things to tell our stories that older nurses can do. What I hear from younger nurses a lot is, oh my gosh, you know, I work with Loretta. She's unbelievable. All that she knows. She knows. Here's what she knows. She knows how to get what she wants. She knows how to go around, under, over, behind, all of this stuff and get what we need. So if you can create, it takes a remarkable nurse manager, assistant nurse manager, who can really bring your generations together. The worst thing, in my opinion, a nurse manager could do is do clicks, scheduling, by that, I mean letting all of your older nurses work weekend option nights, right? Right. I see. Yeah. Or letting all the new young millennial nurses work seven to seven or three to one. You have to be really careful and you need to really make sure that you are mixing nurses, no matter how much all of the generation X nurses want to work weekend option nights together that creates already us from the get go. Kind of it creates mm-hmm. an us them. Mm-hmm. And then when a new young nurse gets put on that weekend, there oh, yeah. the conflict yeah, you yeah, can just see stuff. it. The yeah. clicky mm-hmm. stuff begins. Mm-hmm. So I believe, you know, we yes, we let people do self scheduling. How's that for a baby boomer? What do you think, Rebecca? Oh my gosh. I wouldn't know where to do that. So do you have you found uh have you found team building right about um um, we're at a good spot to take a break here because okay. we just started. We're talking really into the intergenerational and going into solutions. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. Here at NCLEX Mastery, we love nurses and especially nursing students, but we need your feedback about this podcast. If you have ideas on topics or you have questions you want us to answer, shoot us a message, leave a comment, go to our Facebook page and just tell us what you think because we want to help you in the most specific way that you need that help. Thank you so much. And we're back now, Friends of Flow. This is Tess Judge Ellis. And I'm Rebecca Porter. And this is Andrew Witters. And we have our friend B.J. Hannon as our guest today. And we've been having a good time talking about intergenerational-related issues and conflicts, socializing nurses. And so we had just asked B.J., to, and we were talking about teams and really the qualities and characteristics of what she's seen in really successful teams. Or a unit. And units yeah. that are really successful. And then even like, you know, literature that supports this kind of stuff, you know, outcomes and those sorts of things. So what, take it on, take it from here. So um, I was going to detail one of our units that has been very, very successful in team building. I would say when I look at their nursing satisfaction data, um, it's a very high-functioning unit, high satisfaction, so fairly may- low turnover. Do why, they survey? Why so, is that? Do they oh, yes, survey? we oh, yeah, survey we every survey. year. It's okay. a massive so survey. what makes their unit, what's their leadership well, this like? is interesting. The manager of this unit is a Generation X. These are workers in their 40s. So this manager is neither a millennial or neither, and not a baby boomer, which is helpful. She does have two young millennial 
assistant nurse managers. But the culture on this unit was when she took over, um, fairly uncomfortable, high turnover rate. And she did a lot of team building from a multi-generational nurse force, older nurses. What she did is, first of all, did a lot of interaction, meaning every, not just huddles, but a, a one hour every week, let's talk about our issues. And she was very willing to put every issue on the table. Very confident. Person. Very confident. And she was, I think, because she was Generation X, she was not there. A lot of the younger nurses thought uh, their older, the nurse that was their nurse manager before was a boomer, of course, and always sided with the boomer nurses. So from the get-go, she was determined to stop this you know, sides and clicks and all this. And she let the older nurses talk about her experience, their experiences. I was asked to come up and do this little talk on, and it started the conversation. And there were a lot of young millennial nurses who did not understand that older nurse that they didn't really pay much attention to had been working for 35 years you know, had worked 20 out of the last, you know, 30 Christmases who really had worked hard and they never really stopped thinking about themselves long enough to think about it was Clark and how long he had been there. And suddenly the nurse manager, the nurse manager, instead of doing the hours herself or having an A&M do the hours, they created a staffing committee to do the hours and the scheduling together. And they had people who work nights, people from each generation who had to work together to do nights. And actually this committee, which had a lot of younger millennial nurses thought, and this is unbelievable that some of these older nurses who had been there for 30 years, maybe should only have to work every third weekend. So they came up with solutions. They came up with solutions. The older nurses were so grateful that the younger nurses really cared that they had had given so much to this, then turned around and said things like, you know what, if you do need a day off, I I will do it for... Of course, yeah. It was instead of being... they. So they also, this nurse manager is extremely good at critical conversations. Her ability to not let anything go and to bring everybody together to talk about it. They all have, on this unit, they all share um, bathing. This is really interesting because (laughs) they have a Volt phone. And so what they do at 2 o'clock in the afternoon is they Volt everybody and say, are all the baths done if you need help? They put together every day a little bath team, which is a nurse, an RN and a nursing assistant, if you can't get, Andrew, your patient bathed because you're so busy doing other things, they come in and bathe your patient. No kidding. No kidding. It is this kind of a unit, and they have high satisfaction, and it is simply because they talk. Now, I will say that if you talk to the nurse manager, it was very difficult for her to get a lot of her new millennial nurses to talk face-to-face. They would rather text everything, you know, Mm -hmm. but they are learning and learning and you can go up onto this particular unit and you just feel, you just feel this teamwork. 
you know, and with their patient population, they need to get everybody up and they just sort of all do it together. So the skill that if we could label that as a, as a skill, perhaps uh, for, for especially the new nurses that are listening, that, that takes a degree of emotional maturity to talk about. Yeah. Uh, to, to talk about, um, issues that might make you feel sad, angry, um, uh, especially in the context of, of a unit where you feel like you might be treated unfairly to, to open that up and, and, uh, discuss. And, and, and it sounds like they have to be safe. Feel safe. Sure, safe. Yeah. And the manager has to feel safe from the aboves, right. from the physicians for that. They're protected too, because if you're going to try something different, then you have to have some of that authority too. Uh, if you talk to this nurse manager, it was very difficult getting it going. And she said, we would, we would, you know, everybody would be sitting around this table and nobody would say anything. And she said, now people are very willing. They also have a system of recognition up there and they have these little cards with smiley faces on them and they hand them out to each other. You did a great job. I noticed you. I noticed that that you did that. And they're really cool. And they say one of the things that said they, their cards is saw you do that. Oh, no, <laughs> saw you, I saw you, caught you doing it, caught you doing a good thing, mm-hmm. caught you caring, and it's taken a while, but it really <laughs> takes an extraordinary nurse manager for sure. And one of the things about nurse managers is that, you know, an assistant nurse managers is that we do not train them. All of a sudden, they're a staff nurse, and the next day, hey, you want we, we need right. to be an A and M, and we don't train them and i think nurse managers in my opinion are the most important person on the team because they take the crapola that's from above and below oh yeah and the crapola from below they Mm -hmm. translate the mandates from the head shed down to the team they translate the crap that's from the rabble the staff up to the head shed up to the head shed and they stick up for people and they take stuff that they're never and their their demands Mm -hmm. on them for data keeping and you've got to do this and you've got to do this and Jaco is coming and um, other spy agencies you know, are coming and the data that they have to keep is I know just it's crazy and, crazy. and I'm ba- what what I see that sh- that the nurse manager has done is said is empowered her staff empowered by saying you know you guys have within you the solutions and so consequently probably she's she's set the culture right? so I have a question for new nurses, how do you interview for a job? What do you ask? Um, That's a good question. How do you to ask assess those, the culture and a, assess the leadership? Yeah. yeah. What What are you going to ask of your nurse manager? They are going to ask you lots of questions, but what do What do we need to advise new nurses to ask yeah, about it? their ethical climate at work? How do you address that? Well, I would flat out say, help them say that. And I, I would get to, can I, I, I will say that at our hospital, nurse managers interview new nurses always with one or two staff nurses. This is the new, the pattern. It's a term. And one of the things that I don't talk to the recruities, but one of the things that I know a lot of our nurse managers always ask is, you know, give me your definition of team what is team a lot of millennials have difficulty articulating that so one of the things that millennials should ask is tell me about the team up here who does that would be that's a great way to phrase it yeah Yeah. um i would if i was coming onto a unit i would want to know who does the scheduling 
that gives me an idea whether it's very maternalistic, one person does it, or whether this is a team and a group and, you know, that kind of thing. I would ask questions like, how are conflicts, how do you, how are conflicts held? How do you handle... That's a really good question. How do you handle Mm -hmm. that here? Can you, and the other one would be, who are you looking for? Who is, who... Who's your like? What are the characteristics of your best nurses here, just to make sure that I have those right. attributes too? That this is a good fit for me, not that I'm just a good fit for you, that I'm not just a warm body on your shift. I, I as a new nurse, I would want to know how they did orientation, how they choose preceptors, how they oh, that's all, a big one. You know, all that kind of stuff. What am because we fail to really understand how fearful mo- new millennial nurses are, well, how you- inadequate they feel from there, we need to really support them. And this old baby boomer thing of, you know, it's up to you to learn the job. I and, did it. You, you know, I it did. You know, we really need to to work with our new millennial nurses. And we have this year-long grad residency program. And one thing that they're really focused on is, help me. You know, I'm scared. And we fail to understand how scary this is for a new nurse. Well, I was you know, pretty scared in my first job in 1977. But nobody and really supported you, did they? Mm-hmm. No. And, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons, another thing that we do in the hospital is you really, really need HR to really drill down and find out why people are leaving. Yeah. And it's interesting because we started on the, um, what was it, the missed cares and the basics. And so, yeah. And so that seems like it was a, it might be a good place to end this time on and how you see that in an exemplary unit, the way you described how there was a bath Mm -hmm. team who said Mm -hmm. that's important, an ambulation team that said that was important. So getting back to those basic nursing cares. And it is a team approach. They use their phone. They use, this is very right, high right, tech. Right, right. They use this phone. It's I know a mask. It goes around their neck or something, right? No, it's, 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 it looks just like an it's iPhone. An iPhone. Yeah. It's an okay. iPhone. And they use it for all kinds of things. There's an assistant nurse manager on one of the units who is presenting a nursing quality forum. And they are very concerned about this deconditioning of their patients. And he sends, he's a really bright, young, I hope he stays kind of nurse. And he sends out these mass texts that say things like, move it, move it. And what that means is, did you move your patient, get him, turn him. You know, all all of a sudden they get a little ding on their phone. It says, move it, move it. So that's the leadership that we're getting from the millennials. (laughs) Right. You know, that's great. And and it's good. Mm -hmm. And you can only do that when you have a good team. Right. And move it, move it. They, you know, make sure that maybe you're not getting your patient up and ambulating them because you can't by yourself and you're scared to ask that nursing assistant because that nursing assistant, as Rebecca said, is harried and frayed. And, you know, you have to be able to... Um, quickly text on your phone, help room 2120 yep. or whatever, yep. you know, need help. Uh, if we can help millennials understand, it is better to bug people for help than right. do it because right. you can't do it. Right. And just and tell the boomers a... that it's, it's okay to be asked for help and it's not a judgmental thing. Most baby boomer nurses want to, want to help, mm-hmm. you know, but feel... But, you know, this strange dynamic of, of millennials that I don't want her to see that I need help. No, yep. it's all about the patient. Yeah. Right. Keep it I love that. I, and that, yeah. what a great way to kind of end our For yeah. sure. our time. It is all about the patient, you know, and building teams. And that's where nursing leadership 
um, gets into the mix. And do you guys have any closing things to say or just our usual send-off? I just think it's really important to remember why we are all there. Um, one of the favorite things I love to do is when I'm with a group is say, why are you a nurse? And so that's what I would end with is, so why are you a nurse? Mm-hmm. And keep your eye on the patient. Andrew Witters here is telling you to uh, innovate, agitate, and educate. Backing up what Andrew said, I think it is it is very, very exciting to me as an old baby boomer nursing nurse that these millennials are going to come in here and I think change nursing. We change may healthcare. not mm-hmm. recognize bedside patient care in a few years. But it has to be the millennials. And hang in there. Don't give up. Please don't quit. And don't just all go in to be a nurse no. practitioner. Exactly. exactly. We need you. We need mm-hmm. you. Yeah. All right. Thanks. This is uh, Friends of Flow signing off. Take care, everyone. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Friends of Flow was brought to you by NCLEX Mastery. Go to the App Store right now. Download NCLEX Mastery. And before you leave, if you could just share this with your nursing friends. Tell them about us. Leave us feedback. Go to our Facebook page. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't love so much. Be nice. But thank you so much. We really appreciate you.